Hi, I'm Leslie Woody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. I'm continuing this week with the Personal Life Lesson Series. I really enjoy just this walk through my own personal relationship with Christ and some of the most important spiritual experiences that I've walked through as a wife, as a mother, in ministry, and I hope that you've gleaned some encouragement from these stories. This week, I want to talk about the truth about people-pleasing. People-pleasing is something that many of us as women struggle with, and we get a lot of mixed messages in the church. On the one hand, we hear that it's good and right to serve others. And on the other hand, we hear that if we pour ourselves too much out on behalf of others, we are going to become unhealthy and burned out. So a lot of us have confusion about whether people pleasing is really good or unhealthy. And I want to just walk you through my own journey in this area. I did an episode on people pleasing back in 2017, but this episode is going to take you a little deeper into my story and experience in this area. Before we get into that message, I wanted to mention that our 2023 Set Apart Conference is open for registration. If you register early, you will get the early bird discount, which is a great deal. And this past year, our Colorado spaces filled up very quickly. So I would encourage you to register as soon as possible if you're thinking about joining us in June of 2023 for this powerful weekend. It's for women of all ages, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast. Just go to setapartgirl.com and click on upcoming events, or just click the link in this podcast description. Also, if you are thinking about a season to just become grounded and rooted in truth and rock solid in your faith and your relationship with Christ, consider registering for one of our 2023 discipleship training programs at Ellerslie. We have five-week programs and a week-long program available. Again, they do fill quickly, so make plans now to join us next year if you're looking for a season like that. We have people of all ages from all over the world who come, including couples and families. Just go to ellerslie.com and click on overview of programs or just click the link in this podcast description. So let's talk about the truth about people pleasing. There's an interesting scripture in Philippians 2.17 where Paul talks about being poured out as a drink offering on behalf of the church. And he says, even if I am being poured out as a drink offering, I am glad and rejoice. Now, that's kind of a baffling scripture because being poured out as a drink offering basically means you are spilling your entire life out on behalf of other people, holding nothing back. It's really a great picture of the way Jesus gave to us, the way Jesus loves us, holding nothing back, spilling out everything for us, leaving his throne in heaven and pouring himself out, even spilling his very life's blood to rescue us. That is is the epitome of a poured out life, of sacrificially loving someone else without any kind of self-protection. And Jesus asks us to love each other as he loved us. One thing that I love about historical missionaries, whether it's Amy Carmichael, Corey Ten Boom, Gladys Aylward, there's so many others, is that you so often see that glimmer of poured out living, of sacrificial love as Jesus loved. And as Paul is talking about loving the churches, it's this holding nothing back, pouring your life out to rescue and redeem another person. And usually it's beyond what most of us would ever consider on the behalf of other people. But for example, when Gladys Aylward was in China, she was called to be a missionary there, and she she literally gave up everything just to get there, including even having comfortable shoes. She had these really comfortable work shoes, and she sold them and went there with these two left shoes and just all the money, everything she had just to get over there. 
And after she had been a missionary for some time, there was a war that broke out. She had 200 children under her care that she needed to lead to safety. It took her six weeks over mountain passes with these 200 children. And it was an exhausting, almost impossible journey. They did not have food or supplies and God miraculously got them through. But at the end of that journey, she was on the verge of death. She went into a coma. She had several very serious illnesses. She literally poured out absolutely everything to rescue those children. Amy Carmichael is another one when she went to India and she began to rescue children who were being sold into trafficking. There was that proverb in her country, in the country of India that said, children tie the mother's feet. And and she recognized that if she was going to rescue these children, she had to give up everything that she had before, all of her personal freedom and comfort and popularity and reputation. And she had the opportunity to really be a popular evangelist, a popular speaker, to be among the fashionable missionaries in the country. But she gave all of that up. And as she began to rescue these children, she was even willing to risk prison. She had different situations where she was threatened with like years and years in prison in order to save these children. She had to let go of her reputation. She was falsely accused. She was criticized. But she said, I let my feet be tied for the sake of the one whose feet were pierced. She began to see that the way Jesus loved her is the way she wanted to love these children. And you see that over and over again in Corey Ten Boom and Betsy Ten Boom and their story. They could have just protected themselves during the war when the Nazis were taking over their country, but they poured their lives out on behalf of some Jewish people who would have otherwise probably been killed and they lost so much. But that is the poured out life. Even small examples that I see in missionary stories like Darlene Dibler, who was an American missionary captured by the Japanese in the Second World War. She went through some absolutely horrific things. And when she first got to the Kempeitai prison, which was one of the most feared places, or if not the most feared place to be put, and she was being taken to death row because she had been falsely accused as being an American spy. She only had one thing with her, well, two things, her Bible, which they took from her, and this really warm, kind of comfortable house coat that she had grabbed from her belongings before they shoved her into the car. And when she realized that one of her fellow missionaries had already been in this prison for two weeks and was suffering greatly, she asked one of the workers at the prison to give this house coat, this robe that she had brought with her to this other missionary. And you would think, you know, she's she's heading into one of the most terrifying situations you could ever imagine. You'd think you'd want at least a little bit of comfort, a, a piece of clothing that is comfortable that you can, you know, lay your head on to sleep on the hard concrete floor of the prison or something. But she immediately gave it to the other missionary. And I think just a little picture of poured out living like that speaks so much to my heart. And It's such a contrast with the modern message. The modern message we hear definitely from the culture and a lot of times from the church is protect yourself, guard your own pursuits. Don't give too much of yourself to others. You'll burn yourself out. You'll become unhealthy if you people please, if you serve others too much. And even moms with young kids are hearing this message a lot. I know that for me, even in women's groups or just in different Christian moms circles, I've heard this message that implies, you know, if you serve your family too much and you never protect yourself, if you're always pouring your life out for your husband and your children, you're going to become exhausted and burned out and unhealthy. 
And I've even heard Christian books and Christian messages that have said people pleasing is a sin. And it depends on what kind of people pleasing we're talking about. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But I will say that God walked me through a season during, especially during the first five or 10 years of being in ministry, where I struggled to know how much I should serve others. Was there a limit to how much I should pour myself out? And was it just people pleasing if I was constantly giving of myself to others? Ministry, as I've shared in some previous episodes in this series, became very draining, especially those first few years, because I didn't have the spiritual tools that I needed for the battlefield that I was in. And I became more and more exhausted, more and more depressed, more and more anxious. And I began to blame my calling to serve others, my calling into ministry as the primary reason that I was constantly overwhelmed and exhausted and frustrated. I remember thinking that if I could just spend less time pouring myself out in ministry to others and a little more time tending to myself, I would have a healthy, balanced life. Now, there can be some truth to that, but there's a lot of lie mixed in with that because ministry and serving others wasn't actually my real enemy. In modern Christianity, it's very, very easy to blame serving others as the main culprit behind being burned out and stressed out. We often will hear that people pleasing is wrong. We shouldn't do it. We're told that if we try just to make other people happy, we'll neglect ourselves and become depressed and overworked martyrs. And that was really what I was buying into in those early years of ministry. Even though I was supposed to be in ministry to serve others, I started to see other people as a threat to my own health and comfort and happiness. So I began to put a lot of limitations around how much I was really willing to pour my life out for others. When we would speak, I would disappear immediately after speaking. I wouldn't want to talk with anyone. I wouldn't want to make myself available to hear people pour out their heart and their burdens and pray with them. That was just too exhausting for me. I started to live in like a self-protective bubble. I felt like if I gave too much to others, I would quickly be on the fast track to more exhaustion and burnout. And I started to believe that living a poured out life was actually unhealthy and dangerous. And I thought this is going to set me up to fizzle out in ministry after just a few years. I thought, you know, I need to be careful about not serving too much so that I can reserve some energy to stay with ministry for the long haul. In essence, I was saying to God, I'll go this far, but no farther. Maybe I'll speak at this weekend conference, but I won't talk or pray with anyone afterwards. Or I'll go on a ministry trip, but I have to be in bed every night by nine, no matter what. And even in marriage, I often had this attitude that said, I'll serve my husband and meet his needs up to a point as long as my own needs are also being met and I have a lot of me time. And really, to be completely honest, it was the self-protective attitude that kept me from wanting to start a family for quite a number of years. I was afraid that because I was giving and serving so much in ministry, I would be so drained if I tried to give even more to a family. Serving and investing into the lives of other people really did become a threat to so many areas of my life. But God began to show me a different way. I slowly begin to see that there was a different pattern in scripture that he wanted me to follow. The more self-protective I was, the less I was able to really shine the light and love and hope of Christ to others. When we look at the example of Christ and we study what the Bible has to say about becoming his hands and his feet to this lost and dying world, we begin to realize that serving others is not what leads to exhaustion and burnout. Burnout comes from serving and doing good things for the wrong reasons 
and in the wrong spirit. When we do not take time to abide in Christ, when we just rush around trying to impress other people with what we're doing and doing everything in our own strength and in our own ability, we become more and more stressed out and burned out and frustrated. It's only when we yield our lives completely to him, when we experience his enabling grace, giving us strength to do what we could never do on our own, that we see that miracle take place where we are able to serve and give and pour out our lives without becoming burned out and unhealthy. But it all comes down to abiding in Jesus Christ and drawing our strength from him. And every single thing that we do to serve another person should ultimately be done out of our love for him. And that really is the secret I found to living a joyfully poured out life rather than a selfish, self-protective life. Amy Carmichael talked about this when she was referring to the story of Mary and Martha in scripture. There were a lot of missionaries around her that were saying, you know, we shouldn't serve too much because look, Martha served too much and look what happened to her. This is how Amy Carmichael responded to that. The usual teaching about Martha and Mary is, we believe, all wrong. Our Lord rebuked not service, but fuss. The spirit can sit at the master's feet while the hands are filled with work for others. That is so powerful because when we start to look at serving others as the enemy, rather than failure to abide in Christ as the enemy, we have our priorities very mixed up and we stop serving others because we think that's what's going to keep us from burning ourselves out. Really, the only way to avoid burnout is to stay connected to the vine, that flow through channel of the strength, the enabling power of God to equip us to do what we can never do on our own. If you've ever become convinced that serving others, pleasing others is wrong and dangerous, let's look at this command in Romans 15, 2 and 3. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to his edification, for even Christ did not please himself. And the phrase please his neighbor in this verse actually means to strive to please, to accommodate oneself to the opinions, desires, and interests of others. That's a pretty strong command to say, pour your life out, take second place, put others before yourself and serve willingly and gladly because this is how Jesus served us. And then of course, in Philippians 2, 4, Paul says, don't just look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. It's very clear in scripture that pleasing people or another way of saying that would be serving others when done in the right spirit and for the right reasons, it's not a sin. It's not unhealthy. It's actually a crucial part of the Christian life. Now, as a caveat, if our motives for serving others and pleasing others are for selfish reasons, if we're trying to gain attention or approval or impress other people, then people pleasing can become a sin. As it says in Ephesians 6, 6 through 7, that we are not to serve others with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And that's where we see that our core motive has to be out of love for the one who gave everything for us and not so that we can just win brownie points with other people. Men pleasers in this verse means to study to please man and courting the favor of men. And really, a lot of us do fall into that trap when we think we're serving others, but in actuality, we're just trying to impress others. And that might have been one of the wrong motives that Martha struggled with when she was distracted with much serving. She might have been seeking the favor of people rather than the smile of heaven. 
one thing that I have learned over the years is that pouring out my life for the benefit of others may at first seem like a fast track to exhaustion, but when I serve as to the Lord and not to men, when I lean on the amazing strength of Christ, it can actually become one of the most refreshing and energizing things that I can do because I'm participating with God in building his kingdom. And it is such an incredible privilege. And as I begin to apply this principle of abiding in him and leaning on him for strength and not just looking at serving and giving to others as the enemy, I have been able to pour my life out in such greater ways than I was ever able to do in those early years of ministry. And I've been able to avoid burnout along the way. Here are just a few practicals that I want to encourage you with. If you struggled with knowing how to serve others without falling into that trap of just trying to people please for the wrong reasons. And the first is to get in stride with God. There have been seasons when I felt like I wanted to shrink back from a serving or ministry opportunity and God nudges me out of my self-protective bubble and says, I will give you the grace that you need. And serving a family, there are so many opportunities for that because there are many times I don't feel feel like getting out of bed and making breakfast for my family or running my kids here and there or just tending to them in all their different needs that they have. I don't feel like it, but God says, rise up. I've called you to this. I will give you grace. I will equip you for it. And as my hands become filled with work for others, as Amy Carmichael says, my spirit is sitting at the master's feet. I am abiding in the vine and he is giving me the strength I need. There have been other times when I felt like God was asking me to say no to an opportunity, either because my motives were incorrect and I was just doing it because I thought, well, I don't want to pass up this great opportunity and it might be an impressive thing to do and God will convict me and say, that's not the reason you should ever say yes to anything or because I need to just keep my priorities in check. I need to make sure I'm protecting my relationship with him and I'm staying close to him and I'm not just filling my life with so many things that I don't have time to sit at his feet. The key to knowing when you should say yes and when you should pull back is first and foremost, knowing his voice, letting him lead you and guide you and not moving forward just with your own agenda, your own thoughts of what you think you should say yes to and no to. It says in his word that my sheep know my voice. The way we can know his voice and recognize his leading is by spending time in his presence and cultivating a listening ear to him. Darlene Dibler talks about just cultivating that listening ear. And by the time she got out of prison, she knew his voice so well. She said it was just like knowing her mother's voice. When she heard her mother's voice for the first time after eight years on the phone, she didn't have to be told it was her mother. She knew her mother's voice. And she said, it's the same in my relationship with my Lord. And all of us can know the voice of God like that if we pursue him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we cultivate that listening ear. And so spending time just waiting on him when you're weighing these decisions on a daily basis, should I say yes or should I say no when it comes to this opportunity? Also, we really need to check our motives or allow God to shine the searchlight within our heart. Sometimes we think we're hearing from God to pull back from an opportunity for serving when in reality, we're only hearing our own emotions saying, you know, I don't feel like doing that right now. I'm not up for that right now. We may have guidelines or a schedule or a structure for how we want our life to be, 
but we also need to keep a measure of flexibility and availability to God whenever a true need arises. And just that constant availability to him is so important. You may say, well, I'm going to have my quiet time at this time every morning, but if there's some kind of emergency that comes up and you are needed to pour your life out in a crisis situation, then by all means, step into that crisis situation and be the hands and feet of Christ. The Good Samaritan is such an amazing example of that predecided availability to God. Here were these other people who passed by this wounded man and they might have had various reasons or motives as to why they wouldn't go help him. They were busy. They didn't want to give too much to him. They thought he might take advantage of him. But then the Samaritan comes and he's willing to give his own money, his own time, his give up his reputation to help this person. And that that's the attitude we need to have towards God. Lord, I might have my direction that I'm aiming in today, but if you want to redirect me, I'm available to you. And a lot of us are afraid to come to that place of availability because we're afraid we'll get burned out, exhausted. It'll take too much of our time, energy, and resource. And yet we can always trust that when we're abiding in him, he will never give us more than what he's really called us to. And whatever he calls us to, he will equip us for. Another key principle in this whole area of serving other people is to understand his enabling grace. One of the key lessons I learned early in my ministry is the principle of being a spiritual athlete, not just looking to my own ability, but to realize with his grace, with his enabling power, I could rise up to things, to challenges I never could have faced before. And that is the reason why someone like Gladys Elward could lead 200 children on a six-week journey over a mountain pass, even though it physically spent her body to the point where she almost died, most people wouldn't have even started the journey in the first place, but she wasn't looking to her own strength. She was looking to his strength and she became a spiritual athlete. When I grasped that concept, it totally expanded my capacity to serve and pour out and give to others. And instead of just hiding away after a speaking event, I gladly and willingly would meet with people and pray with them because I was leaning on his strength, his grace, and not my own. It's that attitude that says, I can't, but he can. And that attitude, that understanding, that principle, of his enabling grace is truly a game changer when it comes to serving others. Even if you're called in this season to serve your family, when you rely on the grace of God to serve your family, you will have such a greater capacity than if you just look to what you can handle in your own strength. Another key principle is protect your relationship with Christ above all else. When we're talking about this issue of people pleasing, we've been talking about it in the context of serving and giving and pouring your life out for others. But there's also that other aspect of just the social dynamic of people pleasing where you want to protect social relationships. You want to maintain your good standing with other people. And it's very easy to fall into the wrong kind of people pleasing when that's your motive. I remember when Eric and I were visiting some relatives early in our marriage marriage and they wanted us to watch their favorite movie. It was a Christian family. I didn't think too much about the movie because I thought, well, they're a Christian family. I'm sure they won't watch anything too bad. They put the movie in and we were like, oh, this is terrible. This is not glorifying to God. Every two seconds we were seeing or hearing something we were uncomfortable with, but we sat through the whole movie because we didn't want to offend these people. And that's a classic example of the wrong kind of people pleasing. Jesus always needs to come first. And even if that means we have to step on other people's toes, we can do it in the most gracious way possible. But what we should have done is we should have spoken up and said, this isn't the kind of movie we're comfortable watching because we should have protected our relationship with Christ and not allowed ourselves to be pulled into something that was not glorifying to him just so that we could please these people. So that is a very critical principle when we're evaluating 
whether people pleasing is wrong or right. If it, if it comes in between your relationship with Christ, then it's the wrong kind of people pleasing. And lastly, guard against self-pity. When we're pouring our lives out for others and we're being that flow through channel for the light and the love and the hope of Jesus Christ, it's really easy for the enemy to whisper that message of self-pity in our ear. You're serving too much. You're losing too much of yourself as you pour out for other people. And there are books and messages for women today that really push us towards self-pity instead of fortitude. But we really have no reason to feel sorry for ourselves because of all that Jesus has done for us. He has not called us to live comfortably and without any trial, without any challenge. He has called us to pour out our lives for his glory as he did for us. As Amy Carmichael said, I would rather burn out than rust out. And that's a great motto. Not that we need to be pursuing burnout, but she said, you know, even if I burn out from serving and pouring my life out for others, I'd rather do that than self-protect and rust out. You know, I mentioned earlier about Gladys Aylward giving up her comfortable work shoes and buying two left shoes so that she could put that money to, to go to China. It almost seems unwise. I mean, she was a parlor maid. She was on her feet all day long. Why wouldn't she just protect herself and give herself that luxury of having good shoes? It almost seems too extreme that she would pour out that much for the cause of, of China, the unreached in China. And yet God honored her for that and so blessed her ministry with incredible eternal fruit because she was willing to give without holding back. History is filled with these kinds of stories of life poured out for the glory of Jesus Christ is not a life that is in bondage to people pleasing. A life that is truly poured out for the glory of Jesus Christ is a beautiful and world-changing thing to behold. So I hope that gives you some insight into this confusing issue of people pleasing. Put your relationship with Christ first abide in him and rely on him to give you the grace, the strength to pour your life out on behalf of others and to build his kingdom. It's a sacrificial life that he has called us to, not a self-protecting one. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into these truths, visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.